I'm delighted to be here today for the first in a series of podcasts from IPE, and we're sitting here with the man himself, Colin Judge, who's director and co-owner of IPE. Uh, good afternoon, Colin. Very good to see you. I understand uh, NAB is on the near horizon, and IPE will be participating in that show on the Densitron stand, which is in the North Hall, 4515. Uh, what can we expect to see from IPE? Well, first of all, I'm looking forward to getting a bit of sun, yeah. um, a <laughs> bit of all? desert heat compared with what we've got outside at the UK at the moment. Yeah. Um, yeah, this year we are co-sharing a stand with a company called Densitron. Mm-hmm. Densitron make high-quality screens. Some of the screens that have really caught our attention recently have been a range that they do of cut screens. By cut screens, I mean yeah. screens of... Um, differing ratios rather than the normal 4.3s and the uh, 16.9s. They do ones, for example, that are 19.20 by 5.40. Oh, really? Or 19, do a 19.20 by 3.60. They also make some that fit within a 19-inch a panel. Oh, so really? So an equivalent of a 2U panel yeah. is a touchscreen. And as you can then configure that to do different things, it can then change its requirements as and when. Fantastic. That's really interesting that you'd be able to do something outside the norm because I think a lot of people, when they see signage, and there's so much of it around us these days, they can tend to go unnoticed when you have the normal 16-9 or 4-3 aspect ratios. But something like what you're talking about um, would make it stand out and differentiate it from everything else and make it more noticeable, I would have thought. Yeah, there's, there's kind of two sides from my point of view. Um, Yes, signage is so prevalent these days that people start um, taking for granted. It blends into the background. It just blends it? into the yeah. background. You don't notice it. Um, so the ability to do signage different shapes or different form factors starts to get the attention. But the ability then to be able to use it in an environment, say, for example, over a door into mm-hmm. an auditorium or into a studio, whereas once upon a time you would just have a do not enter sign, you can now have a dynamic sign that's not a lot larger or covers the the width of the door but is not a big space yeah. it's covering information it can say who's in the studio it can change so it can change completely from uh, when it's not in use displaying information about what it's going to be doing to a big do not enter once it's in use also because you can map them uh, portrait as mm-hmm. opposed to landscape mm-hmm. they can then go between doors so in a, in a building if you've got doors close together you've got the ability to uh, separate the doors by the signage down yeah. the door rather than putting um, a traditional light at that point. You can use the available space rather than having to replace or rebuild a door or a door frame or the space above it. Uh, so it doesn't look like you've got a... a t- <laughs> what looks you know, what looks bad at the end of the day is people then mount a, a computer monitor, a yeah. 69 on the side of a door and it looks like a computer monitor stuck on the, stuck side, on the of side of a door. Whereas yeah. architecturally, if you can then start building in uh, different shape panels, it becomes really interesting. And then using IDS to dynamically change the content, depending also on its environment, we, we can change that as well. It's yeah, It becomes interesting. That's fascinating. I mean, I know IDS will be at NAB, but I also know that IPE does an awful lot more than IDS. Can you tell us a bit more about what else we, you'll have on show in the Debsentron stand? We have a series of power products um, are increasing, getting increasing traction with. They're, they're not just these are intelligent power products called emus um, and they are we're getting traction outside the broadcast industry increasing outside the broadcast intelligent industry. in what way when you say they're intelligent power management products uh, how are they intelligent 
Because they sit on a network, it allows us to monitor yeah. the, the performance of yeah. the ports. It allows us to uh, switch the ports on and off independently. Mm-hmm. We are measuring the current, measuring the voltage. Uh, we have peripherals that we can plug in so we can then monitor temperature mm-hmm. and humidity. Because our power products also fit within the ecosystem of the IDS system, that information can then be displayed or equally can be controlled out of the IDS. Ah. So I, an example would be you may have a, um, a standalone one-camera studio or a, a bureau mm-hmm. where you want to remotely turn the power on. The power is then controlling the lights. Uh, the IDS system is also controlling the, the pedestal, adjusting the height or the PTZ camera. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's providing some signage, yeah. and it's all one interwoven solution that can then be controlled locally by touchscreen or remotely from a, from a headquarters. So the, the power part of it actually allows us to integrate it. It's, it's kind of been the missing piece that went in there. That's pretty intelligent. Uh, I think that would be of interest to a lot of other markets outside broadcast production and things like that. It'd be yeah. A lot of other markets would have a great deal of interest in something like that. Yes, recently we, we started selling the units into banking. They're now being used on um, super yachts, which surprised us as well. I mm, um, yeah. uh, hadn't thought of that market. Uh, university campus, lecture theatres, so where you've got a central IT yeah. uh, department, yeah. Yeah. and then you've got theatres spread all over the campus. It allows the IT department to basically reboot things or monitor what's going on in, in the remote theatres. I think so. them walking. When we were just touching then on the potential opportunity for a remote um, studio or monitoring position, uh, this is one of the things that differentiates IDS from Mm -hmm. other systems uh, that may be around. We have a whole range of peripheral hardware. We're not just a signage company. We have proprietary hardware that we've developed. We have a DMX interface, so we can then use the IDS to control lighting. We have an IR interface that allows us to... um, Control IR set up boxes, for mm-hmm. example, down in an apparatus room can then be controlled locally up in the control room. Yeah. From the same touch screen that may be controlling the DMX lighting in the studio. Yeah. Um, we can also, we also have an interface for monitoring sound pressure levels within the studio. So, oh, this is more from a, from, from a yeah. health and safety point of view. Yeah. Uh, so, if excessive levels are being, um, sorry, if they're being exposed to excessive levels, yeah. they, they, they like to listen to that, then from a corporate point of view, uh, and their own benefits, we can be explained. At the very, at the very least, they need to be warned or cautioned or be aware that those levels or those peak levels are being reached or exceeded, perhaps. Yes. Yeah. And because all these units fit on the network, yeah, uh, they they're not just monitored locally; they can be monitored from a central control room or a master control room. Yeah, and they can all be displayed locally in your face, visually, so they yeah. know what's happening. Yeah. The the requirement for that originally came from some radio studios that requested a, a, the ability to monitor levels, and there are various units you, yeah, yeah. You could, that you can buy, but they take real estate, require a, main, sure. a mains plug, you put them on the wall behind the speakers, which kind of goes against the grain, whereas our unit's a compact unit, um, it's PoE, can mm-hmm. live in the desk, and the microphone can be... Um, on the mic arm or can be mounted in the desk close to where the users are sitting as opposed to behind the speakers. Oh, fantastic. And does the unit have a name? <laughs> yeah. Sorry, we're not very good at names. It's an NLM. Okay, the NLM. <laughs> oh, the NLM. yes, the NLM. It goes along with the SQDMX. You heard it here first, folks. 
Yeah, that, that's why we come to the. That's why we come to the top. You get the get the proper name. Unfortunately, we're a bunch of engineers. We also have a range of RGB LED lights. These these are lights that are used either as studio tables mm-hmm. uh, for cue lights, on air lights, warning lights. But we also have a range of wall lights for mounting outside studio doors. So okay. our units are all PoE. So yeah. there's no need for additional main spur to power them. All you need is a network cable that feeds back to IDS. IDS configures the color. They're RGB, so they can they can be dynamically switched in color, yeah. or they can be dynamically controlled. Oh, okay. And this year, NAB, we're launching a new range of lights. Uh, so this will be the first showing. It was one that was originally developed for a big project we've just done in BBC Wales, BBC Cardiff project. They had a... Um, a constraint of the space, as we touched on before, between the studio doors, where our our existing light, WL2, sorry about the naming, um, was too wide to fit in the gap. So they wanted an alternative light. So we used the technology we had from the table lights and modified them so there are a low-profile light that now fits between the doors. Fantastic. So this is the first outing. In this is going to be a world first in at NAP. It's a world first outing at NAP then. Sorry it's not going to set the world on fire, light on fire. But um, yeah. <laughs> but it's jolly interesting nevertheless. Yeah. Well, we look forward to seeing that on the Densitron stand in the North Hall on 45, North 4515, I believe. Uh, Colin, we look forward to seeing you at NAP and I hope you have a great show. Thank you, David.